Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy Z Murray. What up, dog? This is Eshaw. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy DJ Paul KOL for 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man Matt Mine the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you guys, you know, you guys came on the scene uh, at a time in, in, in hip-hop when I feel hip-hop was really, really at its best, kind of like how the NBA was in the 90s, you know. There was so much competition. Um, right. Can you take us back to that era when you guys were first starting out and what it was like for you guys to uh, form the Goody Mob? Well, like them names you just named, man, like uh, Hard Boys, man, you know what I'm saying, Royal C, you know what I mean, I'm talking about the D, you know what I mean, I mean, Carrie, you know what I'm saying, Hard Boys, that definitely was um, definitely was some, some influential people that I definitely looked at that was coming up out of the out of Atlanta that nobody knew about, you know what I mean? And uh, you mentioned uh, Sammy Sam, Hitman Sammy Sam. That was a guy that uh, even my daddy used to like listening to, you know what I mean? So you got people like, like you said, like we were talking about Chris Cross and Raheem the Dream and all those brothers that you know, down here in Atlanta, Georgia, that was just really trying to break that, that ceiling because, you know, New York had it with all the record labels. Were there, all the major record labels were up in New York, and all the other record labels were in California. So, you know, we was kind of forced to still be on the, on the independent um, level. But, you know, just listening to them guys, man, we sat back and um, felt like, man, if they could do it, shit, I could do it too. You know what I mean? So, started listening to other people outside of Atlanta and just started building my, my style up and um, started writing started writing rhymes, man, and then I recorded my first um, my first single, which is called Him, 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 nobody never heard about. But you got to start from somewhere, you know what I mean? So I guess just being influenced and motivated by other people that was on the radio before Goody Mob kind of was instilled in me that, man, I wanted to be, I wanted to be just like that, man. I wanted to be like uh, NWA. I wanted to do the same thing they did. So eventually, you know, we had our first, um, our first single on the radio was from Sale Therapy. That was in 94, 95. Yeah, and that was classic because Cell Therapy, uh, to me, man, it was almost like you guys was like a southern public enemy. You know, you were speaking oh. about exactly what was going on and really it is relevant uh, to this day. You know, we just... Um, <clears throat> You see a lot of uh, division, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, going at each other. And um, it's almost like uh, they didn't take heed to your words, you know what I mean, all these years later. Um, and sadly, you know what I'm saying, uh, hip-hop is also uh, under attack, too, because you got to think about it. Freedom of speech, Ice-T, you right. offer that stuff, two live crew. Oh, you got to right. be able to right. say what you got to say. You know, right. and you guys weren't afraid to say what you wanted to say. That's one of the things I really respected about Goody Mob, and I think a lot of people love about Goody Mob. Um, what about yourself, though? Um, who were some of your earlier influences outside of, uh, um, you know what I'm saying, Atlanta? Oh, man, you just called out one. Uh, definitely Chuck D, man, with Brother uh, Guinea yeah. number one, man. Uh, I got to say, uh uh, N.W.A. Definitely, man. Uh, K.R.S.-One. Um, I could even go back further than that, man, to what I was in middle school with Curtis Blow. This is back in 80, maybe 80, 83 or 84. Going to Southwest Middle School, Curtis Blow, 
came to my school. He was uh, promoting his – we're playing basketball single. Houdini, the fat boys came to our school. I mean, that was that was an influence enough because I, was, I could actually see those guys actually touch them, you know what I'm saying, like in person, you know what I mean? So those were some of the guys that kind of influenced me on uh, Cypress Hill, uh, Naughty by Nature. And I definitely keep it in the South with UGK and Ghetto Boys and, uh, you know, uh, Triple Six Market. These are people that came out before me, you know what I mean? So I got to give them they got to give them their props, man, you know what I mean? Because yeah. without them, you know, without that foundation, you know, we wouldn't have nobody to, you know, compare ourselves with because you want to be you want to be compared with the best so you can eventually be amongst the best. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the hip-hop world, as you know, took a, a major blow uh, with the loss right. of DMX. You know, that right. guy was so um, influential, and I feel as when Pac passed, he kind of picked up that torch, you know what I'm saying, because so many people around the globe, like, felt that dude's pain. He wore it on his sleeve. Man, can you share some thoughts on uh, DMX? Oh man, I can um, I can remember me and Timo, we was in New York, and we went to go see. Uh, I think we were trying to get a deal for our lumberjack record, and uh, we was we had a meeting with Leo Cohen, and he played us. Um, he said, "Man, I want to play you guys some music. You know, let me see what you think. Of, let me know what you think about it. Give me your honest opinion." So he played this. He played this record, and after he played it, he asked Timo. He said, "What you think, Timo?" He's like. Mm, I don't know. Then he asked me. I was like, I said, it's all right. It's okay. Turned out it was a DMX. It was DMX's first single, man. Some of his music. And maybe like the next, I don't know, week or that month, man, his music was all over the place, man. And uh, we just recently seen him perform. It might have been like a year, a year or two ago. Uh, I think it was we was in Vegas, maybe. I think we was in Vegas, man. We seen him perform. That was like the first time I seen him get live like that. He got busy too, man. Yeah, yeah. He knew how to really uh, uh, get the crowd going. Um, mm. Yeah, I remember that Lumberjack album, man. Uh, so yeah, that that was right at that time. Um, mm. Did you ever like? Uh, uh, did you meet him and ever kick it with DMX at all? I think we. I think I might have met him maybe once, man. Maybe once. Maybe once in my in my lifetime, man. But you know, he was just on Drink Champs. He came like right on, almost like right on behind us on Drink Champs. Yeah, yeah, my condolences to his family, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, you know, he's got uh, I believe uh, fifteen or seventeen children, um, and I, I hope they are, are able to obtain his masters somehow. You know, because. Uh, a lot of times that stuff gets uh, um, caught up in the labels, and the family rarely ever gets it. Easy E's kids are right. a uh, prime example of that, you know. Um, right. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to DMX. Um, but no, I was talking about Tupac as well. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he was down in Atlanta a lot. Uh, we recently had Shorty B on the show. He was talking about recording some music. Short album cocktails with him. Um, oh yeah. Like knowing uh, Tupac and 
Jobs. And what were your impressions of him when you first met him? Wow, man. Uh, when I first met Tupac, I think it was doing at one of those Source Awards where Suge had stood up, man, and he was, uh, you know what I'm saying, he really being, really being bad, really being bossy that day. And uh, we went behind stage, man. All of a sudden, man, we seen Suge and some more, more of his partners. And all of a sudden, they come Tupac running right around. I'm talking about he had all camo on, man. And uh, Slim, kind of dark, brown-skinned brother, man, was, man, cool, man. And next thing you know, we uh, he was in L.A. And he was doing some studio time. And see, Tupac and Timo and... His sister, they was kind of close, so that's kind of like how the relationship kind of built up. We was able to, uh, matter of fact, go in and see him record that song, "The Good Life," and hit him up. And at one point, man, the brother was trying to uh, definitely be a part of the Dungeon Family and Goody Mob. And, and you, you got to um, witness him record, hit him up. I witnessed him record The Good Life. Living the good life. Because in the beginning of that song, you can hear him say, my nigga's Goody Mob in the house. And yeah. then he was recording the other song, Hit Him Up Too. Wow. So we were like, whoa, that brother is working, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a shocking uh, thing to hear that. You know, um, that would be like being in the studio here in No Vaseline. You know, that's legendary. Oh, wow. That's legendary, man. Not even knowing, man, that, you know, when, you know, when we was co- recording, we're not, you know, we just hope we get a good song out of it. You know what I mean? Hope everybody liked it. But, man, we didn't know that was going to be one of the, one of them songs right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He eventually shot videos for it, you know what I'm saying? That's what it was, man. Timeless music. That's what it is, man. Now he wanted to be in Goody Mob. Um, that right there shows you uh, the amount of respect and love that he had for you guys. Um, what's what, what was that like? Like, did he come to you and say, "Man, I want to be part of the group," or did he ask y'all to be in Thug Life? How did that come about? Well, some um, some people had reached out. Some of his people had reached out to. Uh, some of our people, man, and was just letting us know that he was um, interested in uh, doing music with us. And at first, we thought it was, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, that. But it turned out it was, it was, it was real business. This when he was in, he was locked up in jail and was trying to get out. But during that time, you know, Death Row had came through and um, took care of that business, man, and got him out of jail. So that's why he signed with Death Row. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and uh, sadly, we know what happened, you know, shortly after that. But it, it was like he did a, a career's worth of work in the time that he got out of jail to the time that he was killed untimely. You know, um, just in that short amount of time, I mean, he did right. like three movies, 100 songs or more. I mean, just a phenomenal work. Right. You know. Well, you know, um, you know, when you sit down for a long time like that, you got time to think. And when you get yeah. out, man, you don't want to, you don't want to waste no time, no time. No, not at all, not at all. So, um, I, so I understand his drive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, you know, uh, rest in peace to the homie Fresh Kid Ice. Uh, as you know, he's one of the pioneers of the South. You know, um, he uh, he was on our show several times, and uh, one time he told us uh, um, he was in a, a horrible car accident, and his arm came off at the shoulder, and they had to reattach it. Um, Who was that? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Say that again. Uh, Fresh Kid Ice, he was in a, a horrible car accident in the late 80s. And, so that's um, how his arm got like that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, remember you see him with his arm in a brace? That's yep. what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I remember you hearing about uh, in 2002, I think it was, um, mm. you, you got in a similar situation where you end up losing the leg. Right. How right. long were well, you yeah, in the like, but, um, What was the last part? How long were you in the hospital after that? Uh... Not long, not long, because once, um, once I had to get the procedure done, you know, I was just going through the through the motion of uh, being an outpatient. So the yeah. most of my recovery was actually, you know what I'm saying, at home with my family, you know what I mean? At home yeah. with the family recovering. So that's the best place to be. I mean, your hospital is good, but nothing like being in your own house with your, with your own family, man. People that genuinely love you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I imagine that that would help to speed up the recovery process as well. Um, right, right. You know, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, that's a uh, you know um, amazing thing for you to come out of that. You know, and and here you are uh, all these years later, still making dope music. You know, what I'm saying and doing your thing. Um, but this COVID hit, you know, um, you know, no meet and greets, no shows, none of that. How did you compensate for uh, the pandemic? Like, did you start doing any live streaming things or virtual concerts, things of that nature? Man, to really be honest with you, man, and, um, I got to definitely, man, big up my fans out there, man. That's been Goody Mark fans since 95, and you know what I'm saying, and maybe made me one of their favorite MCs, man. I don't have nothing but love, but during that pandemic, um, you know, I started really going in with my merchandise, you know what I mean? Yeah. With my merchandise, my family helping me, man, you know, branding that name real good, you know, everybody not really being able to move around as much as they wanted to move around. That gave a good opportunity, you know what I mean, to be real up close and personal with your fans and just letting them know, what you got going on, but in the in the midst of all that, you know, we was able to record a good Mob album. You know what I mean? It took us like four months, four to five months, if that long, to record an album. And guess what? The um, the issues and the situation that was going on was giving us the ammo to put in the music. So still yeah. making the music, still making it relevant. You know what I mean? And then plus last year was our uh, 25th year anniversary of uh, Soul Food. And guess what? This year is our 23rd year anniversary of Still Standing. So wow. it's kind of like all that stuff is coming back. People will, people are able to go back and and research Goody Mob and pull up a cell therapy and see what we were talking about or even go back even deeper than that into Call of the Wild and get, up, get out and get some from um, some playlist of Cadillac Music. So we didn't yeah. let that we didn't let that hinder us, man. You know what I mean? We didn't we definitely didn't let that hinder us. 
we actually use that man to, you know, to, to catapult us into to relevancy, man. Still, you know what I mean? Because the music that we're putting out now is still relevant to what's going on today. Still reflecting the times, and people just not doing that like they used to do. No, no, absolutely. The artist story storytelling, or, or like even like real serious conscious music is is uh, kind of taking a back seat to whatever's trendy, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, Survival Kit, you know, you guys, uh, it's kind of like Public Enemy, you know, they came with uh, what you're going to do when the grid goes down. Uh, it's some right. real shit. You know, people got to think about that, man. One, We're one solar flare away from the power grid going down, you know, or any anything like that can happen. Um, and you got to be on your toes. It's a, it's a wonder you said that because we got a we do have a single with Chuck D on our new Good Mob album called uh, "Are You Ready?" You know what I mean. So I was able to reach out to Chuck D, man. He was able to come on in and and show some love to the Goody man. And uh, you get a chance, man, check that out too. Yeah, Chuck D, um, that's legendary. Uh, you know, what I'm saying what what was it like working with him? With all his history in the game. Well, you know, I wasn't with, with technology, man. It was, it was, it was great, man. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get in the lab with him. But you know, with the technology of the day, man, I was able to reach out to him. We was able to vibe on some stuff, man. And um, that was like our first song that we released. We have a, um, a lyric video that on um, on YouTube called "Are You Ready?" featuring uh, Chuck D. Yeah, him and um, you know him and Slave, they've been uh, um, doing it for you know so long. And congratulations too on the 25th anniversary of uh, the Cell Therapy. Uh, that album has withstood the test of time for sure. Um, but definitely, let's give them this uh, for my people, and then uh, I want to come back. I want to bring on the homie Sim from France. I know he's got a couple questions for you. Um, this one's for my people. We'll be right back. Goody Mob, Cujo Goody, right here. Yes, sir. We in the house. Yeah. It's strictly for my people right here. Nobody else. So if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Here we go. I do it for my people, like David Digaliah. Off with your head. Everybody start a riot, sick and tired of excuses, people get your shit together. All you really needed was food, clothes, and shelter. My people at the exit with that cardboard sign. The world still a ghetto, and we know it's by design. For my people, I'ma shine, ambition in my eyes. Like Roscoe Pico, train my haters, look surprised. Surprise, surprise, I cream of the crop, see I rise. I still found truth, even though you lie. They tried and tried, but we didn't doubt, we multiplied. Like one million niggas inside, where you gon' run, where you gon' hide from my people. Sometimes they act like beasts. Who raised you motherfuckers, killing your own in the streets? Oh, you don't thank God, D. Oh, I forgot you don't care. That's right, you don't think shit stank until they give you that shit. Every time I write, it be for my people. And every time I rap, it be for my people. And every time I sing, it be for my people. And every time I dream, it be for my people And everything I think about, be for my people And every time I shine, it be for my people 
I do it for the good, it be for my people. I do it for the hood, it be for my people. Black people, incarceration, protesting across the nation, emancipation, proclamation. More time is what we face. It's been a hundred years, no reparation. No fault of acres, no one nation. No nigga in my situation is secure with an occupation. So strategize, monetize, emphasize for the green guys. Past time, on the grind, gotta have mine. It's my time, we all signed to one line. To one sign to start up the revolution. It's the constitution I don't like. It's not right for my people. I'm all in for my people. In the courthouse for my people. Go dirty south for my people. I spit you in. For my people, won't represent it. Got a problem with it. Get the finish, I'm up in it. Waist deep, two days with no every sleep. Every time I write, it be for my people. And every time I rap, it be for my people. And every time I sing, it be for my people. And every time I dream, it be for my people. And everything I think about, be for my people. And every time I chat, it be for my people. I do it for the good, it be for my people. I do it for the hood, it be for my people. Now a revolution, if done right, it won't be a rumor that's repeated. And it most certainly won't be televised, snapchatted, or tweeted. Any admission is essentially asking for permission. An easy way to know your ETA. Cause just like we listen, shit, he listen. And it's poised and propagated, but no problem is solved. You see, the difference between a killing and a murder is the emotion involved. And yet there is harsh reality to reflect your claim. But when you're angry, it only affects your aim. So talking is like a tantrum, and your gunfire is random. I'll write a revolution down on paper, brandishing my handgun. See, you need to kill something, destroy something, or rebuild something. Move something massive, or the whole protest is passive. Every time I write, it be for my people. And every time I rap, it be for my people. And every time I sing, it be for my people. And every time I dream, it be for my people. And everything I think about, be for my people. And every time I shine, it be for my people. I do it for the good, it be for my people. I do it for the hood, it be for my people. Like Anna Patty, Jose, I do it for the people. Like Camden Road and Oak City, I do it for the people. These streets race, these streets pay, I do it for the people. Keep following the profile, check keys, my name's tall. Walking off my red floor, I do it for the people. I'm trying to wake up cheap, my life's dark. Keep do it for the people, run live with the people. What I'm talking about right there. We're here with Cujo Goody is a Goody Mob survival kit out now. Um, man, it must have been real good for you guys to uh, come back together and, and knock out another project. Because um, the last one was uh, about almost what ten years ago, close to enough. About seven years ago, uh, Age Against the Machine. Age wow. Against the Machine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we still have been in contact even after that album. So um, once we got wind of 25th year anniversary of Soul Food, you know what better way, what better thing to give our fans than another another album? You know what I'm saying? To add to that collection, man, produced by Organized Noise. So they did the whole album. Organized Noise produced the whole record. That's only fitting too. Um, mm. Yeah, man, you got uh, Andre 3000. Um, I heard you say that he was the first guy to uh, mention uh, trap music. Did he do That's it on what, the first uh, Outkast album? 
He did it on the first Outcast album. Um, he sure did. Um, I think it's in Players Ball. Wow. Yeah, in Players Ball, right? See, a lot of people would say, well, Cujo used the, the first one to say trap. I say, well, no, nah, I can't say that because, I mean, he Dre said it first in Players Ball. You know what I mean? I set up trap, so shut up that. My yeah. sister about the yeah. solid knives and got a crunk if it ain't real that rhyme. You know what I mean? So, so I just I definitely had to give that credit to him saying that first for sure. Yeah, yeah, because I um I had the homie um Nino and Ghetto Mafia on, and nah, um, I was just about to mention them too. Yeah, yeah, I was because you know I I didn't I didn't know about the um you know the uh, Andre C. Zousen saying that. Uh, I always credited them, or um, you know, because they were before long before Ti, you know. But right. this predates them, you know, or it, at it, least yeah. uh, you know. It does. So it does. But like I say, everybody was kind of doing the same thing, but it wasn't called that word yet. What people were doing, people were still calling it hustling or yeah. uh, 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 doing their thing, but. It wasn't until some big homies kind of introduced it to me and started calling it what it was, you know what I mean, trap. So that's since then, I mean, that's what Goody Mob was, that's where the name came up out of the trap. That's why we say that. Because yeah. that's where it, it was born in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, um, you know, uh, you got to think of it like this, too. So many people have been putting out music over the years, um, it was probably said in an underground album that we don't we haven't even heard yet. You know what I mean? Right. That came out thirty right. years ago. That's so we right. don't even know. No, but um no, no. No, no, because there's just so much music out there. So much. Um I'm gonna bring on the homie Sin from France. I know he's got a okay. couple questions for you. Uh Sin, you there, brother? So. Yes, yes, sir. Hi hi Scott. Hi uh Kyojo <coughs> Legendary. Hey, yes, what's up, um, man? How y'all doing out there? <laughs> yes, sir. Can you tell us about this song, Dirty South, featuring Big Boy and Cool Breeze on your classic soul for uh, It was, uh, once it's the first time we called about Dirty South music. Dirty South right. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you say you want, you want to know a little bit about that, the Dirty South song? Yeah. Yes, sir, about this song, yes. Well, the Dirty South song actually actually was a song that Gip was doing, but he actually brought his um one of his members from the East Point Chain Gang, Cool Breeze, to get on that song with him, and he you know what I'm saying and he got Big Boy to get on the song with him. So, yeah, Cool Breeze was the one that actually coined the phrase Dirty South, but it was only because he was in the Dirty South and seeing how people were acting in the Dirty South. That he was able to say, man, this is the dirty South right here. These people down here, they dirty. Whether it's whether it's the government or whether it's your next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, at, at the time they say the South have something to say. <laughs> right, so, so right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, well, you know, the, well, actually, the South had been saying something because you still got UGK. And you still got eight ball and MG, but it probably be fitting to say that Atlanta had something to say, you know, because yeah. for a minute 
you know, we was labeled as being, you know what I'm saying, slow or country or, you know what I'm saying, not able to uh, articulate, you know what I'm saying, things that's going on in, in the government or the news. So, you know, it was a stereotype that we definitely killed in the 90s and 95 with that. So, yeah, it would be fitting to say Atlanta got something to say because the South had been saying something. Sure. The, the country rap tunes of UGK. Ben B said one time, uh, the South is more connected to the Earth than East Coast was more intellect. It's the South, uh, the Deep South, the Down South Blues, in fact. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, well, yeah, you yeah. definitely can say that, that blues, yeah, Down South, yeah, the blues and soul. You know what I mean? Because, you know, yeah. you got down here from Georgia, you got Otis Reddings from Georgia. You got uh, Gladys from Georgia, Last Night in the Pips. Man, you got James Brown. So, yeah, we got it, honest. Yeah, even the Robert Johnson blues. <laughs> um, can you tell us also about organizing noise uh, who are credited for the jump starting, the rise of Southern hip-hop, in fact, in the early 90s and pioneering the Daddy South sound? Tell us mm. about Outcast and Noise. Well, Outcast and Organized Noise, the thing about those two people is, like, we had a record label, La Face. So that was a major record label. So artists from Atlanta was able to get their music heard worldwide. But before then, you know, it was just independent record labels, and you wasn't really able to to hit that glass ceiling without that major record label backing you. So with the help of LaFace and Arister, yeah, our message was able to be heard all over now. Not not only are you hearing um hearing the hearing the brothers from the West Coast and the brothers from the, the East Coast, now you are actually hearing the South Atlanta saying what they needed to say, what they've been trying to say for a long time. Because like I said, I can't take it I can't take the credit from the people that were here before us. It's just that in the 90s, that's when uh, record labels like The Face was in Atlanta and they were looking for uh, for artists. And Organized Noise definitely brought us to the record label. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Organized now, Noise. On, uh, yeah. on Still Standing album, you got a, a song with Ghetto Auto G was a mix of uh, New Orleans Bounce, Memphis Get Buck Sound, NTL Crunk Style. Tell us mm. about this one. How you get with the beat? That Ghetto Wadji, man, I definitely got to give credit to uh, CeeLo and T-Mo. They actually produced that record. That was the first record it's that a... we were able to produce as a group. But, yes, that credit goes to uh, CeeLo and T-Mo because CeeLo was always on the sampling of music and, and slowing it down and messing with the pitch. And Timo was that type of guy that's that'll play in the band, play the snare and play the, the big drum and all that. So that did come together, man. And it was actually featuring one of the um one of Big Gibbs um chain gang um, members, uh, Big Chief. So that definitely had a message to it, man. In the ghetto learned everything I, I know from the ghetto, so, yeah. I would yeah, classify right. that as a blues, too. <laughs> For sure. The, the, can you tell us about the old 
ATL underground stuff. I, I think about, of course, Kilo 80, but Red Money, Success and Effect, that team. Oh, yeah. You know, wow. Candy French, DJ Smurf. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, about it. Old school. I, I did a mix on UGS of old school ATL stuff with only 90, 89, 90. This time, oh, <laughs> eight man, you gotta get me a, you gotta get me a copy of that, man. I love to hear that, man. You gotta get me a copy of that. But yeah, like you said, man. Show? Oh yeah, man. Um, I had to start it out with uh with uh MC Shadi. So that was one of the that was one of the first records that I heard that was talking about Atlanta on the radio. Now it might have been other records out, but that was, was the that one that I kind of heard. Huh? Or shake it? I mean. Yeah, uh, shake, shake it, shake, shake it, shake, shake it. Yeah, Luke Records. Luke, I walked the that one that says, the one show. that says in Atlanta, in in Atlanta. Where you stay in Atlanta, in in Atlanta. That was the one that kind of yeah. was like, okay, so it's all right to represent Atlanta. But then you had people like Mojo, let Mojo have it. He was way before yeah. Kilo, yeah. also. And then like we were talking about Hitman Sammy Sam. Uh, A Town Hardhead, the Hard Boys. You know, Atlanta did have a, we did have a scene down here, but we didn't have a we didn't have a major record label at the time. I think Itchy Bun was out then, and that was just like yeah. an independent record label. And then you got, like you said, Success in Effect, and you got yes. Damage and uh, uh, DJ Smurf. I mean, and the list goes on, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Atlanta was bubbling for a long time, man. It just like I said, it just so happened that LaFace came in town in the, during the 90s, and, man, we was able to get a major record label deal and was able to tour the world, Germany, uh, Japan, I mean, all over the place. But let yes, me sir. ask you this, Joe. Um, you know, the Atlanta uh, uh, sound, like, uh, it, you guys always had your own sound, but some artists in Atlanta, they seem to be heavily influenced by the Memphis sound. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, like you mentioned, Three Six Mafia, you know, Skinny Pimp, Player Fry, all them guys. In the early '90s, Gangster Pat came down to Atlanta. He was signed to actually Ichiban Rap Records, um, wow. and put out some music. Do you think that he influenced some of the artists there when he was there? I mean, I, I don't doubt it, man. Because, like I said, uh, yeah. before we was really able to hear. Uh, Atlanta people on the radio. I mean, I'm hearing Ice Cube on the radio. I'm hearing yeah. Public Enemy on the radio. And I'm hearing all. Um, I'm hearing West Coast. I'm hearing East Coast on the radio. So we, we don't have no choice but to be influenced by some of that because when I seen Beat Street and when I seen Breaking and um, all that stuff, man, I was I was influenced by hip hop. I wanted You're to be a part of it. I wanted to do. I was absorbing it. I wanted to be a part of it, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, because uh, I mean, you got people like uh, OJ the Juice Man, you know what I mean? You got people like Gucci Man, and they kind of remind me of that Memphis sound too. Like you got, uh, uh, you got DJ Red that produced the music for uh, for Jeezy. You know what I mean? He kind of got that that Memphis type of sound too. But like I said, same drum machine, same people, right? We kind of like on the same, on that same level, almost until somebody just jump out. It's like, oh, that's a new sound. But is the sound really new? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you, like just, you just freak it another way. 
plays a T-Rock at Toyota Boat Hub. Right. T-Rock, yeah. The first Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. yeah. T-Rock has a huge uh, following um, around the globe, you know, um, and, and, you know, he's underground, you know. Um, have you ever worked with him before or done any shows with him? Very talented. Who did you, who did you say again? T-Rock. T-Rock, no. I, I, man, I don't think I heard of T-Rock before. He was uh he was part of Hypnotized Minds, uh, but then he uh okay. Okay. started doing his own thing. Um Okay. You know, but in the underground. Yeah, that, that hypnotized mind was a movement. That, yeah. that was a movement. DJ Squeaky, that was a movement. I mean, so yeah. That was a movement. But it's only just to talent. make the music better, man, you know what I mean? Because it can't yeah. be stagnated, man. It has to keep being fresh, but still have a uh, that same message with a little a little something to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. One of the things too I want to ask you uh, before I let you go, Cujo, is uh, I've noticed that uh, you know no other genre of music is like this, but hip hop. It seems like uh, a lot of people promote ageism. I don't think there should be an age limit on hip-hop. Like we said, Public Enemy just dropped the record. Ice-T still making dope music. Right. Uh, LL why do you still think that stigma uh, is in hip-hop, you know, and, and not other genres? You know what, man? I think it might be because of the name. Yeah. It might be because of the name, hip-hop. It might be because of the name. I mean, when you think about the other genres, jazz. I mean, that just has a, a sound to it. Blues, that just has a sound to it. You know what I mean? Country, that just has a sound to it. I think it just should have been rap. You know what I mean? One syllable, rap. And that would encompass everything, just like you got jazz, one syllable. Jazz, rock, one syllable. But, I mean, that's... Um, Country, that's a, yeah. That's a, you know what I mean? But that's the that's alternative. Right, alternative. You know what I mean? So that's probably something we had to sit down with the um with the OGs of the game, man, and see if that's something that 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 we can do. You know what I mean? Because when you look at I somebody never that's thought of that, man, but that's so true. Hip hop. You know? Hip is something that's new and trendy. Yeah. Mm, mm. Wow. Okay. You know what I mean? So I mean I, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, because look, when you look at rock and roll, right, you see the guys up there, they got gray hair all in their face, all in their hair, and they just rocking out. There's no ageism in that. None. None whatsoever. I don't I don't think that in country that you got the elders beefing with the, the young country. Oh, I hadn't heard. I hadn't got wind of it yet. But it's kind of only in, in, I think, I think what the ageism in hip-hop is is that the younger you are, the dumber that you are. The younger you are, you don't know how to get paid. You just see light and cameras and action. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's those are my two takes on that. Yeah, that's real. I, I never even thought of it in that perspective, but that makes complete sense. I never even, man, it, that's a revelation because they, you're right, man, two words. Every other genre is one word. Well, except rock and roll. They call it rock. So, right. You 
know? Right. That was the first. That was the first. That, I guess that's his first name, Rock. And his last name is Rose. <laughs> that's yeah. a rolling stone. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, I want everybody to go out and get that Survival Kit album. Um, but uh, also I want to ask you, uh, do you have any uh, uh, thing in the works, a solo project maybe? Yeah, of course. Um, actually, I dropped a uh, I dropped an album um, last year too. It's called Echoes of a Legend, and I got uh, I got Big Mike on there. I got Be Real from Cypress Hill on there. I got Daz Dillinger from uh, Dog Pound Gangsters, and I got uh, Outlaws on there. Uh, Noble and uh, Edie, and uh, I also um, dropping an album that I like to do is in volumes. What I do with independent artists. And it's called Feed the Lions, and it's, it's, I share my platform with um, independent artists that want to get on and um, make history with me. And I'm dropping that one, matter of fact, this Friday on the 15th of this month. It'll be Volume Three, Feed the Lions, Volume Three. Wow! So you've been definitely been staying busy. You've been you've been uh, taking advantage of the time during this pandemic. I can see. So that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, yeah, man, just spinning the vibe, man. Spinning the vibe while you can. Yeah, hell yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Uh, before we get out of here, brother, is there anything you want to say uh, to the people? Any shout-outs or anything? Man, I just want to say, man, thanks to everybody for supporting Good and Mall, man, since 1995. Here we are in 2021. The new album, Survival Kit. Check out the videos on BET, on MTV. Um, and just man, request it at your radio stations, man. If y'all really want to really want to hear some some positive music again, and try to change the trajectory of what's going on, hey man, request that for my people. And y'all can get yeah. at me on Instagram too, man. At Cool um, Joe Goody on Instagram, man. And you hit my bio, and it opens up to a whole bunch of stuff, man. So that's what's up. And thank you for taking the time to do this, and uh, hopefully uh, we can do it again in the future, brother. Um, we're gonna leave him here. Uh, we're gonna leave him here with this one here. Can't be tamed. This one uh, from a couple years. So, uh, or uh, actually, I think 2020. Yeah, tell everybody yeah, about this. One. Yeah, that's the one called "Can't Be Tamed," man. From uh, "Feed the Lions" Volume Two, featuring Big Rude from the Dungeon Family, man, produced by my homeboy, man, Kojak, man, and that's that intro right there, man. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. That's what's up. Thank you, Cujo Goody, and we're going to get out of here, and uh, we'll see you guys real soon, man. 800 coming real soon. Don't sleep on it. UGSforlife.com. Yes, sir. Did you think this was a game? Are you not still in pain? Now that we're here is the reason you're curious because you could never be tamed. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you came? Do you not scream my name so loud, begging for more of the same? Did you think this was a game? Are you not still in the pain? Now that we're here is the reason you're curious, because you could never be tamed. Are you not entertained? This is not why you came. Do you not scream my name so loud, begging for more of the same? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.